You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. What's up, guys? It's the 3M Podcast. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. My name is Sean. Did it sound like I slurred that? I don't know, dude. Maybe you have. Whatever. Some uh, alcohol. We're a comedy horror podcast. We tell scary stories. We tell inappropriate jokes. So if you get scared or offended easy, this is not the pod for you. GTFO. And Move that's along. okay. That's okay. You don't have to like everything. <laughs> nope. Uh, Sean, light that bitch. Let's go. We light the honorary fire on our table. Torch has been carried by. That is weak old fuel in there, and it's still going. I put more fuel in there. Dope. How are you guys doing? Good, dude. Good, man. Uh, could you say slap happy? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you slap happy, bro? Uh, the whole Will Smith thing, man. Oh. We're just going straight into it. Okay. What do you? Okay. What do you think? Can I say off the jump? I think the entire goal of this whole thing was to get more people to talk about it and more people to talk about Will and more people to talk about the Oscars. So my immediate and strongest reaction is to say, who cares and not talk about it? Because has either. that been effective? Has, has that happened? Oh, 100%. Yes. It's everybody's feet. It's right in now. everyone's mouth. Everybody. Let, me, let me just preface. The Oscars happen... No one's watching. I had no idea the Oscars was going on. Neither did you. Don't lie. I did. And you get a notification on your phone, uh, Barstool Sports or Complex News posts videos where apparently Will Smith smacked the shit out of Chris Rock at the Oscars. If you don't know, you're living under a rock. Uh, and that's okay too, I guess. <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway, there's three, there's three things. Either you defend Will and say what he did was okay because he was defending his wife or you admonish Will and his actions and you defend Chris and you say, even though that joke might be inappropriate, no one should ever resort to violence or actually physically accosting a person because of your getting offended. Mm -hmm. Or you think the entire thing was planned. What's the right word? Staged. Staged. Hmm. Or there's a hidden fourth option <laughs> the hidden fourth option yeah do tell option? dude the conspiracy <laughs> so i have been here okay and i don't subscribe to any of these but these are out there it's not my fault they're out there uh one jada smith 
and watch my back and make sure Will doesn't come slap the shit out of me too. Jada Smith is a full-blown witch. Okay. I've, and I've heard that theory. <laughs> and somehow Will is under her control. Okay. Okay. The other theory is, have either of you heard of shame rituals? Shame rituals? Mm-hmm. Negative. Shame. Okay. Shame. 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 Uh, so shame rituals are like in the occult or in just the elite. As you rise to power, you have to do certain things to either denigrate your um, being or make a mockery to God. And by doing that, like Christians have ordinances and rituals they perform or any any religious people have rituals they perform that bring them closer to God, right? Okay, right. Well, the adverse or the opposite exists where you can do rituals to get closer to dark. Okay. And so there's shame rituals that are like, if you do certain things and demean your gift of your body or whatever, you get closer to the devil. Okay. So some people have said Will could have been involved in some sort of occult shame ritual to like publicly do that in front of millions of people. So him uh, shaming Chris Rock would aid his own... Efforts and becoming closer to that one. I don't really, I'm like, I don't really get it. Is, it is trying to make a sense theory. Of, yeah. uh, this. You're doing your best, and I appreciate <laughs> I that. Yeah, okay. uh, like, for instance, I have seen videos of rappers shaming themselves. So, Meek Mill, there's a video allegedly of him playing tennis with a billionaire, and the billionaire is like filming Meek and he's like yelling at him, making fun of him, and he, he's like, Bounce like a bunny, Meek. Bounce like a Bro, bunny. Bro, that's not and real. I am dead ass. If you can look up the video, I can find a link and send it to you. And Meek is like this, and he starts bouncing like a bunny. And he's like, yeah, Meek bounce like Mill. a bunny, Meek Mill. Rapper Meek Mill. Yes, dude. Bouncing like a bunny. Like a bunny <laughs> rapper. At the bidding of a of an old white man. Yes. I did just see it him looked on like a trampoline get out shit, like dude. yesterday. What do you mean you saw him on a trampoline? He was doing one of those like tramp. No, not like physically seen him. (laughs) I seen him on like the social media platform of probably TikTok on a trampoline for like those basketball hoops where they'll jump and try and slam dunk it. That's what I saw him on. Uh, Okay. Well, that's not what I saw. The bouncing thing is, you know, I'm just. Anyway, an old white man paid him to do that. Or just he sold his soul. That's what, that's what people are saying. He sold his soul. Got his record deal, put out music, whatever, got his bag. There's a lot of, and like either you think it's supernatural or the occult, or you just think it's like a politic hierarchy game, but there's a lot of people who have been exposing the music industry of just like selling your soul to get power in the music industry. You've been talking about doing a bit on the music industry. You're going to do that next week? No, it is so large, dude. Then separate it. I I have been, I'm putting, I I have a whole document that I'm putting together. It goes back to like the forties and like famous blues musicians who have claimed to sell their soul. People, best friends of them said they went away and came back like weeks later with incredible talent. And they were just like, yeah, like I sold my soul. Where do you sign up to do that? Dude, I'm asking for a friend. Uh, we have me. a friend who tried to sell his soul to the devil, and it did not work. Bro, who's his friend? Kevin. Oh, he has to be when possessed, Kevin was like, dude. no, no, no. I when, thought you were going to say me, and then all I got was a sprained ankle, <laughs> no, yeah. a broken ankle, yeah. and crying in a wind. Hey, you did create the banger for 3 a.m. though, so. Hell yeah, bro. Over 100,000 plays. <laughs> dude, <laughs> even Satan was like, I can't help you. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, Kevin, when he was like 14, he tried, he like, 
tried to pray to Satan. Oh, I was like, I will frick, give yeah. you my soul if you let me sing. <laughs> he wanted to sing. Yeah, I'm dead ass. This is a true story. I'm probably telling it a little wrong. It but seems a little risky to me. Well, that's Kevin. On a whim, just yeah. like, you know what? Take my soul. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, that's hilarious. So anyway, Will Smith. Little, little chubby boy praying. So we before the pod. Did we he pray to God first? Probably not. That didn't work? Oh, dude, yeah, no. <laughs> not even Jesus could lift his spirits? <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> or his like, voice. You're on your own. Before the pod, we're all hanging out, and I'm like, guys, do we talk about Will, or should we flat out ignore it? And DJ says... He had a spicy take. Okay, wait, wait, no, I'm curious. Did uh, Will... Did, has anything happened since? There have been alleged apologies. He tweeted there. an apology. Will Will tweeted an apology. Will tweeted an apology yeah. from his official account? Came from him? Yeah, I can... Oh, here's, or his also, here's also like what? a side note real quick. This is the reason I think it might be staged. I do not believe I was following Will Smith on TikTok or and today or it, Instagram. And today I had to unfollow him on both. That was like when you two put their album on everybody's like, iPod. I was like, there's no way. Like, I swear I wasn't following him. And Dude, I'm unfollowing him now. Yeah, he's sus. actually all of this was a ploy to get to you, Sean. I was I was thinking more it's people, all about you. but but like we can go with that too. So Wait, so he put out uh in he said sorry. Apologies. Okay, so here's a brief thing. Slaps, slaps Chris Rock, goes down, yells. If you haven't seen the unfiltered version, he yells from the crowd. It's real awkward. Uh Chris is an absolute legend, handles it professionally, and then Will wins like best actor of the year. Award. Best actor, yeah. Wins an award, goes on stage and accepts the award, doesn't apologize for what he did, justifies what he did. He says, like, I was playing a character who fiercely protects his family, alluding to, like, he's doing that in real life. And then he apologizes to the Academy for his conduct. He never apologized to Chris. But then, he didn't apologize to Chris. Not that day. Day later, he puts out a tweet, and there's an apology. Ike screenshotted to it. To Chris? Yeah. Or uh, just I think he... I to think the he Academy? That's funny. I would I, like to publicly apologize to Chris. I was out of line. I was wrong. I'm embarrassed. You know what he uh, should have apologized for? You know what he needs to apologize for? What? After Earth, dude. Is, oh, <laughs> I was going to say Wild Wild West, bro. <laughs> but that's much more. That atrocity. <laughs> after Earth, too. After birth, dude. After birth. <laughs> disgusting shit. Um, terrible, terrible. Uh, what he can do to make, what do you think he can do to make amends? Uh, not slap the shit out of someone. <laughs> what, what do you do moving forward after you, uh, you're the biggest, one of the biggest stars in the world, celebrities, everyone knows you, you slap somebody. What do you do? Like to me personally, how does it get back in my good graces? Sure. Or the public's or public, eye? whatever. Both. I think he already is in the public eyes. Good yeah. Graces. I think he, I don't think he's like, you really can gonna see suffer from that. He got a, he got two standing ovations after he slapped Chris Paul. That's right. What's his name? Chris Rock. Chris Rock. If you really wanted to, uh. Let the ashes settle. I, I I don't know the right words, but uh, if you wanted to uh, really put this behind him and really make amends, uh, an honest and true atonement, uh, he should do a uh, uh, collab with fast food. <laughs> you know how all the musicians have been doing collabs with fast food now? Yeah. Like Travis Scott and Jay Balvin. <laughs> and then, uh, I think like Megan the Stallion did one with like... Uh, Wow. Popeyes. Uh, <laughs> so he needs to do one with Slapfish? Slap oh, <laughs> uh, he should do, um, what's it called? Burger King Richard. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> or Pursuit of pursuit of Happy Meals. Pursuit of Slappiness, dude. <laughs> pursuit of Happy Meals, dude. 
Was that your spicy thing? <laughs> <laughs> nah, dog. Uh, Here, I'll come up with something else. Come up with something else. <laughs> no, the... Actually, while we're on the celebrity uh, collab thing, we didn't talk about Pusha T. Did we not? I can't remember. No, we didn't. What do you think of those, though? Uh, they're all tea? very... Okay, the, initially, they're... Uh, entertainment industry is just like as big as these stars are at the end of the day, they're all like dance monkey dance, you know? Hmm. Um, and they'll all do it for the money. Like who's actually wanting to collab with Arby's, <laughs> you know? I mean, I would, I would. And I hate Arby's. I like their fries though. <laughs> uh, for, what, though? Fries? for what though? For what though? Why would you do it? For, for the, the money. Money. Exactly. Like nobody's like, but people pretend not to be, I do it. it for the fries. People pretend it's for the culture or for, like, I believe in the product. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm trying to call that out. That's not real. Oh, it could be. <laughs> like, if the right people approached me and they were like, would you work with us? Like, who would I do that for? But sp- for fast food? Oh, no. You can't tell me. I would. A, I mean, if Taco maybe, Bell hit us up. In Bro, Taco, Taco Bell, Bell hit us up. Taco, Taco, Bell's Moss, it, dude. <laughs> Taco Bell needs to be the real sponsor of this podcast because <laughs> they, are, they have a... Uh, a kitchen cooking up black magic in their cauldron. Dude, yeah. <laughs> like Doritos and a taco, bro. Dude, that's the occult. Unholy. <laughs> yeah. That's that's shame, they did shame ritual their soul, right dude. there. That's an actual shame ritual. <laughs> Number the three Doritos on the taco Locos menu taco, is the shame ritual. <laughs> wow, that's funny. Um, it's so strange. Like Pusha T writing actual fire bars for Arby's. Yeah. And if you don't know, go <laughs> look it up. Throwing shade at, at McDonald's. Crazy. And it's like, I think it's all, I think it, Pusha T like wrote the I'm loving it theme with Justin Timberlake and Pharrell for McDonald's. So now he's like writing raps against them. I think like all the corporations are just in on it. I think all the rap beefs are pretty much orchestrated. Engineered. Yeah. And this is, might get us in trouble. So in case it does, I'm just kidding. This is, (laughs) this is such a joke. I low-key think there's coordination between Kanye and Kim because her show on Hulu is about to drop. He's about to drop an album. No publicity is bad publicity. Uh, Yeah, like Pusha T's coming out with an album this year. Oh, So he worked with Arby's. This dude sold cocaine. Yeah. And now he's what? (laughs) Talking about the geometry of fast food. (laughs) 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 Talking about square filet fish. True. Uh, just to wrap up the will thing, no matter what side you land on, I kind of seriously just think I have been in a position where someone has made fun of a significant other of mine to my face. And so I can intimately understand the desire to want to physically accost that person, but I did not. So Same. I can also understand being able to control yourself in that situation. Yeah, yeah. It, it uh, just doesn't excuse. Yeah. It wasn't that good he, that he made suicide squad. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. That was funny. Uh, that was patronizing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or so if you defend Will or not, whatever, that's on you. Um, but do you guys think it was real or not? Do you think it was coordinated? I think it was coordinated. I do too. I think it was faked. He leans into the slap. He had a little face pad on. They were smiling after the slap. We don't 100% know if the face pad is real, but photos, high def photos have come out of chris rock and it looks like he has a like a theater slap pad or something on his face i mean that could be neither here nor there but he is smiling he is in front of millions of people so i could see another excuse for that too yeah he does lean into it maybe Uh, maybe he thought will was doing a bit 
he could have. Where like Will was just going to come up and grab him and they were going to laugh. But as someone who was paying attention to the Oscars too. Like who? Who was doing that? I was doing that. What? Dude, I was, I had it like pulled up on my phone, like checking what the winners were, dude. Crazy, yes. Um, The viewership from that point to like the next minute spiked. I think it was all done by the Oscars. Okay. You guys have seen sporting events. Yeah. In in every sporting event, the mascot is in the crowd and he spills his popcorn on someone or he sees someone and steals their hat. Or the kiss the kiss cam, like they do like two seemingly random people and then later they put them back on and like the actual husband comes back. I'm about to burst y'all's bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Them shits is fake as f- Dude, Santa too. I'm so sorry to tell you, not real. Not real. (laughs) Yeah, those are not real. They have a marketing team who says, okay, how can we try and go viral? Let's uh, have him trip and pour popcorn. This is potentially the same thing. I think it is. The Oscars are like, yo, eight people, including Sean, are watching this. No one's talking about us. What do we do? And Will Smith is intimately involved in the business of going viral. Yeah. Yeah. For the last like 10 years, he has pushed harder than anyone to go viral on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. He's hired the best content creators out of LA. If you don't know, some of our favorite videographers, he literally hired to full-time follow him around and create viral videos. This is what he's in the business for. And then this thing just so happens to come along that makes him the most viral subject in the world. It's like, that's not coincidence. And the Oscars have the lowest viewership of all last year. I think okay. they're trying to recover. They're trying to end. Well, the first step would be picking better movies <laughs> in my opinion. For real. <laughs> I don't know. The movies aren't bad with the Oscars. Uh, most of the them Grammys feel like is, they are. Uh, what's bad. <sighs> Dune, Dune won a bunch of them though. So I appreciated that. That's true. The rest were kind of trash. I don't know. Any other thoughts before we wrap it up? We didn't get to like a really tight conclusion. Don't care. Don't yeah, care. I don't really don't care. care. Whatever. I just want justice <laughs> for all those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I still watched all those movies, so I can't say anything. Yeah. Which actually, by the way, someone on our Discord yesterday like sent a message to us and was like, yo, I just saw this really scary movie. I wanted to recommend it. And it was Gonjum Haunted Asylum. Did you watch it? I watched it last night, dude. Ooh, verdict. <laughs> Wait, wait, if it's bad, we're banning this person from the Discord. Okay. We're sacrificing you. It was good. <gasps> you can you can stay. <laughs> you can stay. I was very entertained. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Sean, I gotta take what you say with a grain of salt. You do, you do. <laughs> you do. I think in my knowledge of what you like in film, you would like it. Okay. I, I appreciate that, my and guy. And you're a prick when it comes to not <laughs> Sometimes Sean, you have Sean, standards. So, I, Sean, I, has, Sean has fire opinions sometimes, but sometimes the opinions come out like a Bahama mama. Well, you know? that's what I, I never front though. I am easily entertained Yeah, when it comes to trashy f- entertainment. That's why I don't like the Oscars because they pick good like entertainment. Okay. So okay, what's it called again? Gone Gem. Haunted Asylum. It's a, a is it Korean? Korean? It's Gun, a Korean uh, Ganjam style. <laughs> Gun, Ganjam wing. Yeah. Ganjam farmer. Okay. Dude. <laughs> it Gunjum is a found farmer. footage film of a podcast or like YouTube channel 
that goes to film themselves at this haunted asylum. Okay, that's all I want to hear. We literally don't, don't spoil it. The whole thing, I was like, this is very relatable. Yeah, I'm prefacing our lives right now. <laughs> and I was very entertained. That's all I'll tell you. It's on Prime for free. How was it? I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna How watch was it. X? I also enjoyed X. It was a um, entertaining movie with probably a little more prawn than I was like hoping to see mm. in a theater full of other people. <laughs> That's the perfect place to watch. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's like a free ticket, dude. Oh, it's true. It's true. I, it was very entertaining, though. Um, and how'd Cuddy do? Cuddy's an X. Yeah. yeah. He actually did good. Is it because he got X'd from the Donda <laughs> album? <laughs> I don't want to be on your stupid album. <laughs> I appreciated that it kind of brings out a fear of people versus like supernatural. Because hmm. that to me is more scary. I think you just gave a lot away. No, dude. Okay. There's, I really didn't. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> Dope, dude. Okay. Do you think. If we could uh, name five people that every single person on earth would know at least one of those five people. Okay. I heard the question differently earlier in that. Could we name five people that universally are known by the entire world? No, no. Okay. Five people to try and cover the entire world, the entire earth. Okay. Of, of, yeah. <sighs> Initially what? Yes or no? Explain it to me one more time. Like, you know, is there five people we can put on a list? That everyone on planet Earth can look at that list and say, I know one of those people or have heard of one of those people. I think no. Why? I what mean, do you think? I would say no because that there are like tribes undiscovered and uncontacted like, tribes in either the Amazon or Sentinelese Island, Papua New Guinea. You got. Several places, I would say. Let's there. do uh, the person who goes on the list can be dead or alive, but the people who would need to recognize them are the living people here's, right now. Here's the thing I've seen a video that happened, I think, in the 90s of a scientist making contact with an uncontacted tribe in Papua New Guinea, and they had never seen a white person before. So they literally thought he was a ghost. They had a bow and arrow stretched pointed at him, and he was like going like this. This is all on film. It's like an hour long. It's very intense. So he's, they're like this and they're like, da-da, da-da, like screaming. And they're about to kill him. And the white dude is standing by a river and he slips on a rock. And the Papua New Guinea dude kind of goes like this and like lowers his, his bow and arrow for a second. And the narrator, after they later talked to them, he, he stopped because he was like, ghost wouldn't slip. Smart. So yeah. then he like tries to communicate with them. And after a really long time, dude, he comes up to him like 60 times about to touch him. And he gets like super scared and runs back. And <laughs> finally he's like, he goes like this and they're like all freaking out. And then like, after like a day, he gets the whole tribe and they're all just like touching. And the white man brings out like a mirror. They've never seen a mirror before. They've never seen themselves when was before. That? Uh, I have it like saved in my YouTube. To be fair. When, it the, looks when did like that happen? Late eighties, nineties. Oh, that's 50 years ago. That's a half a century ago. That's a half a century ago. I still don't think that there would be here's the thing, late nineties. Even even, even uh, the people like you, uh, if you talk about uh, like North Sentinel Island, uh-huh. uh, like uh, like not contacted, like they're protected by the country of like India or some shit. It's like if you say the Indian president, I'm sure they would know. I don't who think the so. Indian president is because it's like how else like. They had to have gone outside of their island at some point. Are you excluding children? 
yeah. Children. I say, uh, yeah, exclude children because it's like obviously a baby or something. It's like, like who's the Pope? Yeah. 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 Uh, I'd say uh, 18 and older, 16 and older. I would still be willing to say that there are people who wouldn't know. And who would it be? Who who would you put on the list to try and cover? A Buddha. Michael Jackson, Jesus. The Pope. The Pope Drake. I got, Drake. I got one. Baboonie. God. God. Whatever God you pray to. I thought you to. said real. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever one you pray to. But that could be different people for different. Does that count? Because that's more of like potentially a concept. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because then you could be like hunger. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> nah, uh, realistically speaking, I'd, I'd throw in a pop artist that would cover most of the earth, I feel like. And then certain world leaders. Maybe the, uh, what's his name? Pooh Bear. <laughs> oh, wow. So you get at least China. What's his actual name? Uh, Kim Jong. No, not Kim Jong. Xi, Xi Jinping. Premier Xi. Yeah, yeah. Because it's like people in, uh, uh, the pop artist I'd throw out is probably Shakira. I wouldn't do an American artist. No, you got to do Latin. You have to do an international yeah. uh, artist. Uh, Who's bigger, Michael Jackson or the Beatles? Probably Mike. I would say Mike. He's got black and white appeal. I know? would say like <laughs> if we've traveled or when we've traveled internationally too, I've noticed. Oh, like, I found it. Go. You just interrupted my boy, Sean. I'm Go, so Sean. I've noticed like. If we're looking at like a videoki in the Philippines, they're going to be singing Mike. They're not going to be singing the Beatles. No, they sing Beatles, bro. Plenty of times I've heard uh, Let It Be in the Philippines. Okay, okay. I would say I still heard Invalid more Mike. Invalid argument, Sean. Still heard more Mike. Either or, they, they know both. But we only want one because we can only do five people. I still pick Shakira for the pop star, I think. <laughs> Dude, Bad Booney, isn't he like the biggest Bad artist Booney. in the world? Or Jay Balvin? You know what I'm saying? Guys, this podcast, we chat, but we also tell scary stories. So let's get into them. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. 
Guys, to determine in what order we tell our stories, uh, we roll a 20-sided die. Highest number goes first and so on. And the roll? Charlie with 16, me with 9. I don't know where mine is. Roll for me. Two. So the order is me, Sean, DJ. Yee. The first time was a one. (laughs) (laughs) He wanted to put respect on your name. Yeah, I didn't want you to crit. Guys, for my story tonight, I want to start by asking you to clear your mind. If you have the ability, close your eyes and truly put yourself in this situation. Like imagine this is you. So the year 2008. It's August 28th. You're a 23-year-old teacher in New York City. And you decide, huh, it's probably a good time to go on a run. I'm going to head out of my apartment and I'm going to go for a jog around a park near my house that you go all the time. You step out your door. You start your jog and everything goes black. You wake up 10 minutes later to a blinding bright light, sounds, noises, and people all around you. You're in the hospital. And the first thing you say is, why am I wet? Come to find out, your body was discovered face down in the harbor, floating near the rocks near a White House. The captain of the Long Island ferry or something like that saw you floating face down in the water and his, him and his crew pulled you out. You're being treated for dehydration, hypothermia, sunburn. And then you find out you have been missing for three weeks. What the f***? But for you, it felt like 10 minutes. You then find out you were caught on camera several times throughout that time in three weeks. You didn't have any money. You didn't have any wallet. You were caught like near a Starbucks. You were caught checking emails near your gym. But besides that, the next time you were seen was lying face down in the harbor. And when they pulled you out of the water, they legitimately thought you were a dead body. You've lost most of your clothes. You only have a sports bra and running shorts on. After them asking, who are you? You don't even know. Some time passes and you remember, wait, my name's Hannah. Can you remember anything else? I, th- I think I remember a phone number. And you give them a phone number. Turns out to be the phone number of your mother. Your mother has been worried because you've been gone for three weeks. Instantly comes to the hospital, checks you out. Slowly, memories come back of your previous life, but not the two weeks. And you go to sleep. In the middle of the night, you sit up straight in your bed and you gasp out loud. I was near a lighthouse. And then you fall back asleep. You never remember what happened in those two weeks other than those details. Next story. It's 1887. Are these all related? uh, I'll tie it together. Okay. 1887. You are a preacher in Rhode Island. You're traveling from Providence, Rhode Island. No, you're traveling to Providence, Rhode Island. When along the way... All of a sudden, you have no idea where you are, who you are, where you're going, your past, your future, nothing. You stumble into a town, someone asks for your name, and you tell them your name is A.J. Brown. 
Okay, AJ, what are you doing here? Uh, I'm not sure. But you're resilient. You settle in this community. You move in with some locals, a local family. You open up a shop and you start this new life. A couple months after settling in, starting this new life, getting comfortable, you're sitting in your shop. You probably have a patron looking at salt or something. And like a wave and a slap to the face, it all comes rushing back. Your real name, your real identity, and where you actually come from. And you remember that your name is actually Ansel Bourne. When this memory comes back, you no longer remember the last two months you've spent in Providence. Like, that's gone. Anyway, at some point you're approached. A ton of doctors come to check you out. This is the sketchy part of the situation. They put you under hypnosis and they come, they try to get both of your memories or both of your identities to come and talk. And uh, this might be the earliest case of disassociative fugue state. What? Have you guys ever heard of that? You're going to have to enlighten me, my guy. Have you ever heard of that? No. Okay. Uh, a lot of my stories come to me through coincidence, synchronicities. Over the weekend, I was hanging out um, with my wife and her brother, and we watched the movie. Re rewatched the movie, The Born Identity. Sean, what's The Born Identity? Oh, it's this uh, thriller about a spy who gets in an accident. And loses his memory. He's a, an assassin spy. And what's his name? Jason Bourne or David Webb. Well, don't spoil it. Not. <laughs> Just, uh, yes. So we're watching this. Bruce Willis was alive the whole, or was dead the whole time. <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> uh, okay. So we were watching that movie and I'm watching that. And growing up, when I first I watched that movie, that idea of like not remembering who you are and what you would do. And furthermore, like not remembering who you are, but having all these skills and stuff. I thought that would be so badass. I would love that. Uh, having skills. Yeah. yeah just having <laughs> any skills. Uh, so if you remember this preacher from Rhode Island, his actual name was Ansel Bourne. Yeah. And a lot oh. of people think this is where... Jason Bourne was loosely based off of, or at least a nod to this original guy. This is the earliest um, case that they have on record of disassociative fugue state. What that means. What that is. What that is. This is a quote from, I think, a New Yorker article. Uh, disassociative fugue, a rare condition in which people lose access to their autobiographical memory and personal identity. Occasionally adopting a new one may may abruptly embark on a long journey. The state is typically triggered by trauma, often sexual or physical abuse, abuse, a combat experience or exposure to the natural, to a natural disaster or by an unbearable. I need to make this bigger. <laughs> I'm squinting more than normal, uh, by an unbearable internal conflict. Uh, some French dude, one of the first psychiatrists to study fugue characterized it, it as a kind of self ex exile in 1901 he wrote the legend of the one mm, the wandering person has become a real reality proved by numerous observations of patients or unbalanced persons who suffer from an imperious need to walk on and on 
basically what it means is you can be going about your day and all of a sudden you will lose all recollection of who you are, your whole past, and you'll just like oftentimes go travel. Um, so I wrote down some things. There's a whole article going over the characteristics and some of the f- determining factors of fugue states. Do you guys, did you guys ever watch uh, Breaking Bad? Yeah. There's a part where, uh, what's his real name? Walter, Walter White. Walter oh. White is like so about to get caught. He's in a hard place. And the only thing he can think of how to get out of this is to strip naked, walk into a convenience store and claim not to remember anything. So what he was claiming was he had a fugue state, which mm. is super rare and spoiler alert, still debated by a lot of uh, professionals or specialists, whether or not it's actually real. Huh. Like there's a lot of people out there who are like, I don't think so. I don't think it's real. Hmm. Anyway, it's like reverse Truman show <laughs> where he's watching the entire world. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, Jim Carrey isn't in a movie called the majestic where he does forget who he is and assumes a new identity. Well, there you go. That's potentially fugue state right there. Thank you. Uh, okay. So some of the characteristics, your memories will temporarily vanish. Your personality may change. You will have an overwhelming urge to wander. This isn't in all cases, but a lot of the cases. Um, it can last days, months, and some cases years. You can suddenly remember everything. Like you'll just like he was working in the shop, and all of a sudden it was like boom, everything came back to him, and he was like, "Holy shit!" Uh, they are incredibly rare. They're brought on sometimes by sexual abuse as child, trauma, or nothing at all, which is the most vague <laughs> way to say we have no idea. They're like, it's brought on by abuse or nothing. It can just be brought on. Oh, yeah. There is no definitive treatment. And like I said, uh, specialists still debate if it's real or not. So that's what fugue state is. Uh, I've often talked about how for me in the paranormal, in the whole world of scary, the scariest things to me are like going crazy, not being able to control your mind, like waking up in a mental hospital and then like you being sane, but having to prove you were sane is like the scariest situation to me. Uh And this is one of those things where it's like, you could be walking down the road and this could hit you. (laughs) That's terrifying. Okay. The first lady I told you about her name is Hannah up. DJ, could you pull up the first picture of her? Hannah up. Hannah up. UPP. One of the most famous cases of fugue state. The thing I told you was her first experience. This happened more than once. Slowly, her friends come in to visit her at the hospital. Her mom comes to visit her. She slowly remembers. She comes back. But to this day, she never remembered like those two weeks. Mm -hmm. Hannah goes on to live her life. She tries potentially to start a new one, a fresh leaf. She moves to the Virgin Islands. Nice. Becomes a teacher there. The island was hit by Hurricane Irma. Hannah survived that, no problem. Um, that, that hurricane came and went. A second one was said to be on its way. Hannah told her friends, I'm going to go to the beach today. I'm going to go for a swim. Goes to the beach. No one ever hears from her again. They go to that beach. They find her car. 
Her car has her wallet, her passport, every important thing you might need. They go to the beach. They see her sarong and sandals sitting by a bench. That's the last time anyone ever saw. This straight up sounds like abduction, trafficking type. No? It kind of does. I'm like saying, yeah, potentially. That's like my, my initial thought. And if you go paranormal, like people in chat have been saying, uh, that sounds like uh, Men in Black. Alien abduction. Uh, yeah, alien abduction. Uh, or even not paranormal, just like shrooms. Or, Got taken off by the hurricane. Or fugue state. Or fugue state, yeah. Um, the rare option, yeah. Mom flies down, and the article ends. This is like 2018, I think. Don't quote me. But the, the article ends by saying the mom still has hope. She thinks maybe she boarded a ferry. Who knows? Uh, in 2018, a skeleton washed up on the shores of that beach, but the skeleton was too corroded from the ocean. No identification could be done. Damn. And to this day, no one knows whatever happened. Really? Never found her. To uh, Hannah up. Damn it. I'm looking online. When she was found floating face down, that was the first time, right? You said? Yes. The New Yorker did a really good article. We'll have a link. Do you want to drop it into chat? Sure. For my sources from this, guys, I looked at something on Listverse, a Ranker article, the Richest article, Wikipedia, and the New Yorker were my... (laughs) Just pulling from everywhere, dog. Yeah. I was going hard on the research today. (laughs) Well done. Bro, I... Like, problematic. If I ever had that happen to me, like... I would retain the skills I have, right? Yeah, yeah, you have like, you know how to drive. I would just forget who I was. Yeah. One of my random skills is being able to always find my way. So you'd probably be driven to go somewhere. And then. Not even know why. And then be like, well, I guess where am I going? I, and I find myself back here at the house. I'm like, where am I? That would be trippy, dog. That would be trippy, dog. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Y'all are silly. <laughs> Can you pull up a picture of Ansel yep. Born? Check out this guy. The original Born identity. The original Brigham Young. Hey, <laughs> Brigham Born. Cool. It doesn't end there. Dude, he looks upset that he forgot who he was, dog. <laughs> I would forget who I was, too, if I was like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, F this. Can I do one more? Yeah. Yes. Can I do three more? Yes. Oh, shit. Yes, sir. Okay, I'll do two more, and I'll save the best one for last. This was entered into, like, this was reported, but they they wanted to remain anonymous. Wait, someone sent this to us? No, to an art, to a paper. Oh, okay. I was like, damn, someone actually has a fugue state like story. <laughs> no, they're insanely rare. Okay, once again, put yourself in this situation. Okay. Two thousand one. You're a Texan woman. You're driving on your local highway. It's about five p.m. dusk potentially. As you're driving along, you know. An easy way or a good example of fugue state is like, do you know when you're on a drive and you're in traffic and all of a sudden you're like at home and you're like, dude, I kind of don't remember the last 10 minutes of driving. Sure. That's like the most relatable example of fugue state. Okay. Well, this lady, she's on the highway, probably in a routine driving. It's about 5 p.m. Blinks her eye and everything is black. Uh, Everything is dark. And she looks at her clock where it was 5 p.m. seconds before it is now 3.30 a.m. Furthermore, she has no idea where she is. 
I think at this point she remembers who she is, but she soon realizes she is 10 hours away from where she was driving. Yikes. So instead of freaking out, she pulls over the side of the road, checks into a hotel, and goes to sleep for the night. Smart. But by the time she wakes up in the next morning, she has no idea who she is, where she is, or her entire past. Holy shit. I don't know how. I'd imagine because she had a phone on her. She had her phone, had her identification. Yeah. Eventually, she was able to reconnect with her family. I think it took quite a while for her to remember, but she eventually got reconnected with everyone. It was brought on because she was having a particularly stressful situations in her life, like a child at a wedlock and unplanned, like people losing jobs. I think drug abuse was like going on in her family. But yeah, to this day, she has... No memory or recollection of like those yeah, 10 hours of driving. I'm about one more unplanned kid from <laughs> oh my having God. my own fugue stick. Okay. <laughs> this next one, we're going back and we're going across the pond. Oh, the pond. December 3rd, 1926. There is a British family. They have one of their relatives, auntie, sister. She's a writer and they all start getting really, well, they, they start getting letters from her. And these letters start getting increasingly disturbing and something's wrong. Someone says, hey, do you think we should go check on her? Yeah, let's go. Show up to her house, gone. No trace of her. A lot of her personal belongings packed up, car's gone. They're like, dude, what's going on? What made the letters disturbing? They don't reveal the contents of the letters, which I was upset for. Hmm. Sorry. Family instantly search mode. Look everywhere for her. Send people out, call people, search party. We're looking for her. Where is she? Her car is found. It's found near a lake. She's written about this lake before. Find the car. All her belongings are in it. Everything's there except the lady. They look at the lake and they draw some dark conclusions. So they hire experts and they search the entire lake. Nothing. No trace of her. She's vanished. And they worry. For two weeks. 11 days later, she's located. She has checked herself into a health spa. And she has checked herself under the name Teresa Neal, which is not her name. She doesn't remember how or where. She just remembers coming to at some point and checking herself in. When they asked her her name, this was the name she gave. Teresa Neal. This lady who did this was Agatha Christie. No way, dude. What the frick? One of my favorite authors ever. Super famous author, England. She is like the godmother of the whodunits, Agatha Christie. This is like a story of her life. At the time, she had just lost her mother and her husband had had an affair with a woman named Nancy Neal. So when she gave her name at the spa, she said Teresa Neal. And everyone's like, that's weird. A little bit. Uh, those are all the details I could find in the article, but Agatha Christie apparently experienced a fugue state. That's so trippy. I wonder if she ever wrote about a fugue state in any of her novels. I don't know, but in one of her novels, she mentioned that specific lake. So that's why I think they were like, oh, death, you know? Yeah. Because she is like a famous murder whodunit author. Oh. If you haven't read Agatha Christie, please go read her best. Uh, and then there were nuns, probably one that of her best, best works. One. Uh, the movie Death on the Nile just came out. That's based off Ag- Ag- Murder Agatha in the Christie. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. That had to have inspired like some of her works. That reminds me of uh, 
when Ethan from Maine came in and talked about uh, Stephen King's childhood trauma with the train. Oh, yeah. yeah. His friend getting run over by a train and him watching that as a child. That heavily influenced Stand By Me, I think. Yeah. But, yeah. There's a scene in Stand By Me written by Stephen King where they're, like, running from a train. They almost die. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, guys, those were only some super few. I, like, read 50 cases like this today. I just pulled out some of the ones that I thought were fun. Um, And the last one is by far the best, the craziest. And not only is it fugue state, but there is something else at play in this one. And I will be sharing it for our patrons. (laughs) So I won't be sharing it on Twitch right now. If you want to hear it and if you want to hear this story and all of our previous bonus stories, head over to patreon.com slash the 3 a.m. pod for $2 a month. Yes, sir. You'll be able to hear this bonus story and all other bonus stories. If you're a sub on Patreon, stick around after the episode. We're going to do sub only stream where I'll finish this. DJ's frantically searching for sub only stream. <laughs> so anyway, any any thoughts? That's no. wild. <laughs> like, first of all, one of all, that's wild. Yeah. And the fact that that happened to Agatha Christie, also... I was tripping, bro. Synchronicity, I just watched the Bourne movies. No way. I literally finished Bourne Ultimatum today. <sighs> bro. Crazy. This is wild. That's maybe, how I knew the David Webb thing. Maybe we're just super predictable. Could it's be. less synchronicity and we're just like a slave to the algorithm. No, dude. It just got put on Netflix. That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. That's me tonight. Thanks, guys. You know how like we had a theory that we were like is ours where we're like, I think alcohol and drugs open you up. Yeah. I was looking into like. Is that a theory or is that not? Is that, isn't that real? Yeah. I thought it was like ours and then it was like kind of, I've heard it. uh, What's it called? Multiple places. I've heard it multiple places, but then I legitimately saw like a cult text that like very uh, clearly and specifically defined like how and why that is and what's actually going on. Like how evil spirits are able to get a hold of you when you're under the influence of whatever alcohol and drugs and stuff like that they talk about how like your shields and defenses it was crazy like i read the whole page and i was like yikes well damn then i felt weird and dark so i stopped. Yeah, i was gonna say what occult text are you just daily reading time i mean your boys trying to figure it out you know <laughs> trying to help the peoples <laughs> anyway that was a long ass story who's next that's me son my story is coming from West Virginia. Now, when I say Point Pleasant, does that bring anything to your mind? Military. Okay. Actually, military is related to this, but. I don't know. That's just what came to my mind. (laughs) Point Pleasant is best known for the Mothman. Tight. And the Mothman prophecies that were connected to the deaths of 46 people. I thought that was more north. Point Pleasant? Like the Mothman. No. What what where there's we? actual murders linked to the Mothman? Oh yeah, dude. Bro. That's news to me. So we are not talking about the Mothman though. Real quick, Sean's covered the Mothman before. And Jordan did too when he came and didn't up with us. Okay. But this place is more popularly known for the Mothman. They have a statue for him in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. 
But is this place actually a vortex for paranormal activity or subject to a curse that was put on the area 200 years before the Mothman even showed up? Point unpleasant, dude. Point unpleasant, dude. So say, you're saying maybe even like uh, creating the breeding grounds for the Mothman, maybe? Potentially. So in the 1700s, in the area around Point Pleasant, 200 years before Mothman even shows up, 1770s, the colonials are pushing further westward, westward, you know, colonizing. And... Doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Just kidding. Manifest that destiny, boy. <laughs> there was an alliance of Native American tribes at this time in and around the area to basically fight against this colonialism, including the Shawnee tribes, Delaware, Miami, Illinois, bunch of different tribes just banding together like, y'all aren't coming anymore into our land. Confession, no idea Miami was a tribe. There are more on this too. That They're bringing that Miami heat, dude. That Miami heat, dude. So the most powerful of these tribes, though, at the time was the Shawnee tribe. And it was led by a feared and respected chief named Ketugua, meaning cornstalk. Oh, oh <laughs> shit. Now, get to popping. It was said, even amongst his enemies, he was feared and respected. That he was a powerful orator and military genius. Dude, he sounds badass. <laughs> the Dude, original corn, badass. the original cornhole champion. Ooh, you know he might be. That joke was corny, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> so in seventeen, he's a colonel. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Popping off. You guys got those jokes. <laughs> uh, butter. <laughs> Movie theaters. Sorry. What was his name again? Ketugua. Or Chief Cornstalk. And there is a picture loaded loaded there for you of an artist depiction of... Oh, hell yeah, with the artist depiction, bro. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, in 1774, the uh, word reaches the tribes, this alliance that colonials are coming further into their valley. And we can bring that up for other people to see here. Oh, septum piercing. Dude, he has a dagger in his hair. In his hair, bro. He's ready to go. That's that's <laughs> anytime. Lit. Jada could have used that. <laughs> what hair? No. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> it was a GI Jane joke. <laughs> oh man. Ooh, you got me noivis out here. <laughs> oh man. I'm still watching to see if someone's gonna break in and slap I'm, me, dude. I'm trembling, bro. <laughs> Okay, let's pretend like that didn't happen. Move on. <laughs> okay, back to the story. In 1774, colonials are moving into the Kanaha and Ohio River Valleys. And word reaches this alliance of Native American tribes. And they're like, no. So they get this army together of about 1,200 like uh, men to go and fight. And... They're going to meet up with the colonials at this point that ended up being called Point Pleasant. I don't know where they get the name, yeah. but they're probably just trying to like be like, it's okay. We live White in white wash nice history. Place. Yeah. But, anyways, word then reaches the colonial leadership. And so they get 
an army of their own. Tut. About the same amount of men. And we can bring up this image as well. This is where uh, Fort Point Pleasant is eventually built, right on the river. Looks, um, looks pretty. And this is going to be the Ohio River right here as well. But even though the amount of people on both sides is a, about the same, only about 150 uh, settlers or colonials end up getting killed, more than twice that on the Native American side. They just weren't any match for musket fire. Eventually, they retreat into what is now modern-day Ohio, and Ketua makes peace with the colonials. Like, he ends up being, like, trying to save his people from war, uh, ends up helping them out, like, mapping the area, and ultimately, right around the same time, another major event in U.S. history is happening— the Revolutionary War. Mm. So the British come into the story and they're trying to convince all of these Native American tribes to fight against the colonials now. And most of these tribes are still pretty upset. And so they're on board. They're like, yeah, we're going to go and fight against the colonials. Ketugua does not want war. So he goes and tells the commander of this fort now, he's like, British are trying to convince us to come and fight. If the Alliance wants to come and fight, I can't stop my men. I will allow my men to come and fight you. Dude, he a real one. And because of this, he's taken prisoner at this fort with several other Native American warriors that are with him. What's Classic. the saying? Don't imprison the messenger? <laughs> <laughs> However, he was treated really nicely. So there are some... that even believed he did this on purpose because now the armies won't come and fight against. Cause they're like our homies in there. We can't really pop off. Yeah. He's feared and respected amongst both sides and people don't want to like end up having him in the crossfire. So there was suspicion that potentially that was the reason he did that. So he big brain time as well. Anyways, in the time where he's being held captive, this is where he's helping, um, the colonials with mapping the area. And it was said even that he taught them some of his military tactics as well, which led to the revolutionaries winning several major, major battles against the British. So he's also doing them a solid in 1777 Cornstock's son comes to see him at the fort. Lil Cornstock, Lil Cornstock, Lil Corny. He's also detained baby corn. So <laughs> now there's four Native Americans being held captive in this fort. And the very next day, there was gunfire heard outside the fort. And it was discovered that one of the guards outside had been killed. It was assumed by Native Americans. So now all of the men that are stationed at the fort against orders are pissed, are pissed Yikes. and decide they're going to exact their own revenge. Mob justice. Mob justice. Yeah. So they break into the quarters where Cornstalk is being held, and it's said that Cornstalk stood his ground that made these men even hesitate to like attack. Hell yeah, boy. However, after momentary hesitation, they ended up firing on him. He took eight shots. Whew. The other men who were like being detained were also killed as well, murdered in cold blood. It was said though. That as he fell to the ground in his last breath, he uttered a curse upon the land. 
said, I was the borderman's friend. Many times I have saved him and his people from harm. I never warred with you, but only to protect our wigwams and lands. I refused to join your pale-faced enemies with the redcoats. I came to the fort as your friend, and you murdered me. You have murdered by my side my young son. For this, may the curse of the great spirit rest upon this land. May it be blighted by nature. May it even be blighted in its hopes. May the strength of its peoples be paralyzed by the stain of our blood. Dude, that'll get any any white person to cower. <laughs> bars, dude. He, he have big bars. He gave he gave those corns a talk. Curse these people. Uh, that shit resonated with your Hawaiian ass, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel it. I feel it in me. I feel the justice. I see your uh, Arthur fist over there. <laughs> uh, that's how. And then we got uh, Children of the Corn. <laughs> oh shit, dude! That's no, his son died. Um, <laughs> no, no children of the no chill. Damn, uh, I legit. If I did that, and if I had a musket, I would just follow my own damn musket. Yeah, I would be like, "Yo, I'm out. I'm out, dude. I, that's I too much. I'm not doing any curses yeah. today." <laughs> yeah. Wait, has the curse? Please tell me that you're going to get into how the curse has manifested. I am. Yes, bro. <laughs> yes, that's what I like to hear. So, Ketugua uttered the curse and then died. The bodies of the other warriors that were being held captive were thrown in the river. Wind rushed out of the room. However, he was buried at the head of the fort, probably because the commander of the fort did respect him, and it was against his orders he was even killed. Supposedly. Supposedly. However, his body did not rest in peace. After the town of Point Pleasant was established, his grave was then moved to the courthouse in the 1840s from where it was at the fort. So what is the word for that? Um, desecrating grave? Desecrating or grave. Or just relocating a grave. Yeah, relocating a grave, essentially. And then again, it was moved in 1950s to another courthouse graveyard. Then there was a 12-foot monument, which I have there, that was erected in his name where his grave was then moved to. Chief Cornstock. There was also another monument erected at the time that was dedicated to the people that settled the area. This Chief Cornstock's uh, monument is about 12 feet tall. The one that was dedicated to the settlers is 86. So a little bit. 86 feet tall? 86 feet tall. The dedication of this monument, monument was held back several times. Sorry, that was just that's that's big, man. It's unnecessary. That's a tall, tall monument. <laughs> <laughs> so as it's being built, the dedication of this monument is actually being held back. Why they held that back? Because the crane that was supposed to help set this monument in place on a clear day was struck by lightning. Ooh! <laughs> I like it. I like it. Curse these whiteies, bro. <laughs> That was not the only time this monument has been struck by lightning on a perfectly clear day. That's shocking. Once again. (laughs) (laughs) Enlightening. Oh, shit. Once again, in 1921, it was actually struck by lightning again on a blue skies day. Could this be the result of a curse? Maybe. Many believe that it is. Long before the Mothman in this area plagued the people, 
there have been many other natural and unnatural occurrences. In 1907, the worst coal mine disaster in American history took place in West Virginia on December 6th when 310 miners were killed. Potentially just an accident. 1944, in June of this year, 150 were killed when a tornado ripped through the tri-state triangular area around Point Pleasant. Another 150 KOs. <laughs> Dude, someone keep a body <laughs> racks, dog. Think about the hit Hillary numbers. <laughs> in 1967. Corn stock in your ass. <laughs> Corn stocks go up, bro. <laughs> Better buy in. Okay. Okay, 1967 is when the devastating Silver Bridge incident happened. This was related to the Mothman, the Mothman, where for 13 months he plagued the area and 46 people went hurtling to their deaths in the Ohio River when the Silver Bridge collapsed. 1968, a Piedmont airplane crashed in August near the Kanaha Airport, which is right here on the Kanaha River next to Point Pleasant, killing 35 people on board. So that's one airplane crash in the area. But wait, there's more. Oh my gosh. In 1970, a Southern Airways DC 10 crashed into a mountain near Huntington, which is just south of Point Pleasant, killing 75 more people on board. Yo. So multiple airline crashes. We have coal mine disasters, tornado in the area. There's more. In 1976, in March of that year, the town of Point Pleasant was basically awakened by an explosion at the Mason County Jail. Housed in the jail was a woman named Harriet Sisk, who had been arrested for the murder of her infant daughter. Yikes. And then her husband had come to the jail with a suitcase full of explosive to kill himself and his wife and destroyed the building. Dude, what a will. <laughs> Wait, why? That, that's so dramatic. It is dramatic. It could be the curse. Curses, that curse sounded dramatic to me. There's more. In 1978, a freight train derailed at Point Pleasant and dumped thousands of gallons of toxic chemicals into the river and contaminated the town's water supply and wells had to be abound- abandoned. That sounds like a straight up curse. And he cursed the land. It's like curse the land, dude, from planes and trains, coal mines, dude, like there's so many different random things to me. That's like, I don't know. Tornado. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And then in 1978, in April of that same year, the town of St. Mary's, which is just north of Point Pleasant, was struck with a tragedy when 51 men, 51 more men who were working on Willow Island power plant were killed when their construction scaffolding collapsed. That's as many uh, examples as I have. Hmm. But it seems like there's enough and they're so varied that this could legitimately be a curse. Could you potentially take any area and over a long enough time have enough? I bet you could. Or is is it like this is more than normal, you think? I also think it's more than normal. I I would say that there's a good bet that you're going to have a lot of random things happening in any given place. However, the amount of like just obscure, random. The fact that the Mothman is literally right there. The Mothman, you have 
multiple plane accidents, and those are very more rare. You're not going to have that in just any town. Hmm. Train accidents. What year was the last one? 78. So we're due for another. Get or, out. Get out if you're in. Or the end of 77 was when Chief Cornstalk was killed in 1777. Oh, bro. I didn't even think about that. Maybe the 200 Whoa, year anniversary 200. is what, <laughs> that bicentennial is what ended it. Crazy. Dude, I love that. I don't love that people died. I love that story. <laughs> the history behind that. That's crazy. I, okay. Make fun of me. I don't care. I legitimately believe in curses, but maybe not like, I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts? I don't know. I tried to find more uh, cheap corn stock online, and, and this is what I found. Oh, is that Trump? <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. Dude, it that's a white like dude dressed up be. as cheap corn stock. Oh, no. Canceled. That's blurst. <laughs> anyway. Whoops. Um, I don't. I think I, I think I, I think I believe in curses. If we, if, if you believe in blessings, then you should believe. If in you curses. believe in, if yeah. you're a Christian, you believe in curses. Mm-hmm. It's like dusting off of the feet, the shoes. Is that that's Christian? Yeah, that's, that's not in the Bible. Mormon. That's in the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, if Very that curse was translated correctly into English, that sounded pretty terrifying to me. Yeah, dude. So <laughs> it, the second he started talking, I'd be like, "Yo, see ya." I'm out. I'm, I have fugue state. I'm disappearing. <laughs> I'm going to wander off. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's freaking wild. Uh, Ohio is w- a weird spot. It kind of is. Here's some of the things I've heard about Ohio. Young Jamie grew up in Ohio on Joe Rogan, and he has constantly talked about weird stuff happening in Ohio anytime it comes up on the Joe Rogan podcast. From like, he's like, it's a wild party place. It's a swinger place. Yeah, he's talked about that. Several of the highest like murder rate cities in the U.S. are in Ohio. Isn't mounds in Ohio? There's snake mound or serpent mound in Ohio. Some of the oldest like Native American mounds. When they showed up, the Native Americans were like, or the whites were, were like, here before. were like, who made these? And the Native Americans are like, we don't know. Yeah, like, these are, here for these a while. are old. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then uh, Dave Chappelle is in Ohio. Oh yeah, yeah. And a lot another of another a lot of elite anomaly. No, no, no. <laughs> there, there is. There's a lot of elite activity in Ohio. Elite, as in the elite, like the richest in the world. Oh damn. There's a lot of activity in Ohio. There's a lot of uh, how do we how do we say things we're not allowed to say on Twitch? Uh, I don't know. It rhymes with Geppetto. Oh, Geppetto rumors in ohio i mean yeah there is definitely that in ohio what case okay, uh somebody in chat said please look up cambridge ohio christmas and it's oh, just like what is hella pictures of uh sure there's no boobies yeah we're we're chill <laughs> but weird weird sculptures like melted wax faces that is kind of creepy cult uh sculptures during christmas what is this place we about to put this on our list Cambridge? of places to, to I mean, visit. I want to go to Point Pleasant as well. For 3 a.m.? I would go to Point Pleasant. Yeah. And that's just across the river in West Virginia. I would go, oh. I don't like that. Bro, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Dude, that, that is, d- behind the scenes, that's the next evolutionary step for 3 a.m. is when we actually start visiting places, which yeah. I think we're 
decently close. I think we, yeah, we're close to being able to do that. At least in Utah. Yeah, close by at least. Um, I don't know. Ohio, I think something's going on. I just get a weird feeling. Bro, I lived in Ohio for about four years, like going through high school age. And like, yeah, there's definitely some weird stuff. There's weird people. Dude, there was this one person I legitimately talked to, and they had never left the town they were born in. I was like, okay, this is maybe okay, but they also were methed out. And uh, there's a lot of drug activity, so a lot of people are susceptible to mm, – And also, yeah, like that's right across the river from you know Point Pleasant, which is a cursed <sighs> land. Shout out – how do you say his name? Oh, Ketugua. 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 Um, also shout out American hauntings podcast. I got a lot of my information from them and from various other places online, Wikipedia stuff. Cool. So shout out. So are they friends of the pod or are they, I followed them. I don't think they followed us back. Oh, but- cool. <laughs> yeah. Shout them out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Gang and bro. Dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is me for tonight. Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, I found a blog called the Arctic alien. It's a family. I think they're from somewhere in Europe, uh, but they moved to Greenland. Not sure why. Couldn't find like an about. It's like an old blog. Uh, I can't even remember the last time that they wrote. Let's look real quick. Okay. Pretty recently, like a, a January of last year was the last time they wrote something. Uh, but they've been posting stuff ever since. Ugh. 2017 so yeah fairly recent story within the last five years or so uh and during their stay i don't know if they're still there but during their stay in greenland uh they just talk about how it's such a remote place the most remote location that they they had ever have to live in and it's been challenging and frustrating but a huge learning experience and uh uh, cool things that they were able to to learn but uh one of the things that they or a few of the things they learned about was the urban legends and the folklore uh dating back to like historical times uh within greenland so greenland uh is a like a barren wasteland cold barren wasteland apparently there's been six cultures of people who have uh, lived through Greenland and every single one of them, except for the current one has either died or ended up leaving Greenland because it was too hard to survive there. And a lot of these, uh, legends and folk tales come from the history of, uh, these transitions, people coming in and out, uh, bringing other cultures and whatnot. Uh, so, uh, they get these stories just from the locals during their time there. They, they make friends with the locals, uh, in passing, uh, neighbors that they get close with. And a lot of them speak of these things like it's reality. And we run into that, uh, with a lot of different, uh, people and cultures. Like we talked about Morocco and we talk about, uh, Japan and the yokai and the yure and, um, yeah, witchcraft in South Africa and things like that. Uh, and this is their version of that. And there's a bunch of different monsters. So the first one is called the Mother of the Sea. Ooh. So I don't have picks right now. I don't have time to grab those. But uh, the Mother of the Sea, uh, there's different 
origin stories, but the most common one told is the daughter of a shipmaster. Shipmaster was upset. Ends up throwing his daughter off the boat. Big upset. Big, big <laughs> mad. And walk the plank. Walk the plank. <laughs> and she grabs onto the edge of the ship. She's hanging off the side. Father comes, grabs his knife, and cuts off each one of her fingers until she finally lets go. Oh my gosh. The legend goes that the fingers fall to the bottom of the ocean, and when he cuts off the last finger, she falls too. These fingers actually become sea creatures, common mammals, seals, whales, walruses, uh, other animals that inhabit that area. Uh, Continuing with this legend, all of these animals live in her hair. She becomes a protector. The sea accepts her. And uh, she takes care of these animals. However, when humans above the surface break taboo, it turns into filth in the ocean. And the filth tangles her hair. And because of that, she's not able to let animals go and surface the ocean thus disrupting like the ecosystem not being able to feed uh villagers so the belief back then was uh there's no animals that were able to catch we somebody must have broken taboo we're doing something wrong whatever it is we need to appease the mother of the sea so in greenland they had shamans and these shamans would perform rituals to try to appease her and what that would consist of is and it was pretty vague details i tried to search further into this but couldn't really find anything but it's uh listed as the shaman releases a soul don't don't know what that means releases a soul following that goes through a series of trials and that like reminds me of a almost like homer's odyssey goes through a series of trials and enters her domain gains her trust, uh, calms her down, and uses a special comb to comb her hair, cleaning it out, cleaning out all the filth and the taboo, broken taboo, uh, thus restoring balance in the ecosystem. So it's kind of cool. Some of these stories are really beautiful because it talks about like a human's relationship with the earth. Uh, Some of these not so beautiful. Um, and I'll, I'll ease into that. Uh, the next, the next, I guess, cryptid or spirit or monster is called the Kavitok. So the Kavitok, uh, they're basically outcasts, human outcasts in Greenland. Uh, sometimes they were because they committed heinous crimes. Sometimes it was because they had a sickness that they couldn't cure. Uh, maybe it was, uh, viral or, uh, infectious. So they just sent them away. And, if by some grace you survived the cold, barren wasteland of Greenland, you were granted special powers by the land. So the Kavitok are the people who survived in the wilderness. Like, damn. Incels. <laughs> Hill people. Yeah. Um, it's just a trailer. It's just an RV park is all it is. Uh, so Kavitok can be either uh, malevolent or uh, benevolent. Uh, Kavitok 
good kavitak uh, can have the ability to heal people uh, and lead others back home. So let's say there's somebody who is outcasted, um, who is sick. They can heal. Some, sometimes those sick people will try to find a good kavitak, uh. get healed, and then come back home. Evil kavitak hunt hunters. Ooh. Because they don't want you That's stealing terrifying. from them. Yeah. And uh, all the depictions of Kavitok uh, are crazy. They uh, Here, let me yeah, see. Yeah, pull if, some up. <laughs> uh, you know in Star Wars, is it the uh, the Jawas? The Jawas, yeah. The short with, with the like little the glowing eyes. Hooded and these, like the red eyes. Yes, sir. They look like that, but like human scale. Yikes. Not like tiny, tiny little people. This is just a... Uh, artist rendition but all the art for kavitok look look like this it kind of looks like shadow people almost kind of yeah so yeah that, exactly what you said yeah. <laughs> hooded figure hooded, glowing red eyes. glowing red eyes yeah bone buttons cloak hard those those bone buttons sick um that's how you become kavitok there is one other way uh i also tried looking further into this but i didn't have much time so i uh Basically, there's a blood ritual that you can do to become a Kavitok. Do you get, like, the powers, though, to, like, heal or, like... I think that one's directly to, like, a malevolent uh, type of Kavitok, a bad I one. I mean, blood ritual. Uh, so the blood of... ritual also includes, like, a, a denouncing of, like, God or, like, a higher power um, or a holy shame, power. Shame ritual. A shame ritual. Bouncing like a bunny. Dude, Will's trying to become Kavitok. Ooh. <sighs> Crazy. So this family who moved to Greenland, the Arctic alien blog, uh, they were told by locals constantly. They'd be out walking out and about and locals would be like, do you have any uh, matches on you? Do you have a needle? Some thread? And at first they were like, what? And then they started catching on and they started doing it. Why? Because these are little tools that you can use to bargain your life when you come in contact with a Kavitok, people carry these things around. Oh. Uh, they're survivors in the wilderness, Kavitok. So they need these things to survive. I guess, yeah. So uh, people will carry that around to trade with them and be like, please just let me pass. Greenlanders really be doing that? <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. That's what they were writing in their blog. Like <laughs> yeah. People were telling them that on the street. Like, are you, are you carrying your, your needle and thread today? Sounds like the merch we wanted to do. This is what they <laughs> out surviving, dude. <laughs> That was when I was flying over Greenland. Jeez. And this is like what they're out there. Greenland ain't shit. (laughs) It's literally just snowy, icy, like. Yeah. Greenland is what uh, Iceland sounds like. And Iceland is what uh, Greenland. (laughs) Mighty Ducks 2 taught me that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, A little further, uh, there's stories of American whalers who ran ashore and went missing old American whalers and uh, their voices carry in the wind and travel over the hills and the tundras of Greenland. And uh, they're searching for their home. And uh, that's like a specific, uh, like uh, I guess tribe of Kavitok that they talk about. It's like the, the American whalers that got lost and trying to find home. (laughs) Um, Lastly with Kavitok, there's a, there's an account of local authorities having responded to an entire village reporting that uh, they they were being attacked by Kavitok. That what? sounds like 30 days a night. 
Oh, shit, yeah, dude, that's does, exactly dude. what I was thinking. It was 30 days of night. Um, another weird thing, I don't think this is related to Kavi Talk, uh, but in that same blog post where they were talking about it, on their walks, uh, there were a couple times uh, hiking in the wilderness, they would come across bones. And apparently that's pretty normal because of like the kind of similar to Tibet the other week. Like it's a cold place, hard ground. So just like open burials right. were, were common. So finding bones in like the wilderness was like a common thing. And uh, it's also like a, not breeding ground, but like a hangout spot for Kavitok, uh, where people have died for whatever reason. So they're taught to like see bones, like go the other direction, you know, because a Kavitok might be there to get you. So that's that on Kavitok. Uh, there are two more. Uh, the next one, dude, I cannot, I cannot say the name. It's like 15 cons, uh, consonants, like all in one. It's like Earl of Eurus and an Oak. And, uh, bro, this, uh, the artist depictions I've seen of this, this girl's a shouty. Oh, okay. A shouty. And, uh, her whole job, her whole, her whole shtick. Her whole job? That's what you just said. <laughs> no, her whole uh, shtick is to, to make you laugh. Oh, damn. Doubt it. Doubt she can. She travels. <laughs> Bro, shut up. Uh, she travels the land trying to make you laugh. And she has uh, one or two sculpins hanging from her genitals. Sculpins are a type of fish. If you don't know. Uh, tied to her genitals. And they, they swing back and forth while she walks around. And she uh, sometimes beats a drum. She tries to make you laugh. And if you have the slightest grin on your face... She takes her ulu, which is like a traditional Greenlandic knife, and gashes you across your belly and rips out your intestines. Oh, my gosh. She then uh, says the magic words, and she has uh, a special magic bowl that flies into her presence, and she empties your intestines in the bowl, and the bowl is sent off. (coughs) Don't know where, for what purpose. Some people online have talked about how she uses the intestines to keep herself alive. She'll cook them and then she'll eat them. Um, but that's that's what she does. Makes you laugh. And if you laugh. Do you know how she tries to make you laugh? Dip. Yeah. Because it's like the beating drum thing. I don't know if that's. The genital be. fish I don't thing. Know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Sean's going out immediately. I'm going out, dude. Yeah, nah, dude, you're all laughing at the craziest shit. Dude. Yeah. Okay. Here's <laughs> the thing. Also, though, I'd be like, crying. Sean's like, huh? Okay. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah see, so exactly, bro. <laughs> um, shamans have been known to recover after laughing. Recover after laughing? Yeah. So shamans have been known to be gashed in their stomach, intestines falling out, and before she calls in the bowl to take it away, shamans eat their own intestines. They eat their own intestines and they save themselves. Somehow, some way, uh, they are, are safe from death after that. It's like a jigsaw. Like, it's going <laughs> to cut you yeah, open. You have up. to eat your own intestines to survive. Oh, what to play little game. <laughs> That's wild. Super wild. These are uh, all very unique and uh, it was a very fun read. The last one, Tupilak, I believe. Tupi. Tupilak. Uh, this is uh, Greenland's voodoo doll. Oh, what? And how it's made, 
so crazy, so unique. I've never heard anything like this. So uh, this voodoo doll is made by animal and human parts. Don't know what, <laughs> what exact parts, just animal and human parts. Once you've constructed that together, there's a special river that you bring this to. Some uh, instances, people have like dunked, dunked it into a river, almost like baptizing it. Uh, some people have left it there and come back the next day. This this river, I think, has some type of property to to give this thing life. Uh, but you you put it next to the river, or you dunk it in the river, and you cover it in moss. You come back. This thing is supposed to be alive, and you're supposed to raise it. Raise it? So Too much responsibility. People take this tupilak, and they breastfeed it. Okay. They breastfeed this voodoo doll, and it grows into adulthood. I think it's a quicker growing process than actually human, but um, they, they grow it to, quote, unquote, adulthood. And when it reaches adulthood, after you've cared for the tupilak, it will care for you by doing your bidding. Oh. So they'll bring it back to the river, and you can then uh, give your orders. Tell it to attack somebody, curse somebody, go after someone. Hmm. Good shamans are very in tune with, with Tupilak and, and curses and know how to make this backfire. Uh, good sh- people have gone to shamans and say, Tup- uh, Tupilak is after me. Yikes. And good shamans have uh, somehow turned the situation around and made the Tupilak go back and kill its creator. Oh, oh. damn. So shamans crazy like i breastfed you yeah (laughs) uh the crazy uh uh valuable asset i guess and and like greenlandic culture um tupilak has become a pretty famous uh icon within like greenlandic culture now you can go there and uh it's sold as like in gift shops made out of like bone they kind of look like little tiki can you pulse things up yeah uh yeah, go ahead and spell that. Dude. Yeah. Where's my mouth? It sounds a lot like a tulpa. Yeah. yeah that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Or there's a Jewish version called the golem. Oh, yeah. The golem, too. Do you know the history of the golem, DJ? Not too much. It's like, uh, what's the Hebrew or Jewish magic? The Kabbalah? Kabbalah? What? Kabbalah? I can't remember. There's like Jewish magic, mysticism. Uh, you create a, a man out of clay. And you inscribe, I'm sure there's more steps. And then you inscribe instructions on a piece of parchment and you put it in its mouth and you could be like, go kill DJ. And you'd put it in his mouth and he would like animate and then go do it. Crazy, man. Okay. What's terrifying? The Uh, the Tupi lock. This is it right here. Wow. Does look like a tiki. Dude, that is Polynesian, bro. Yeah. Especially these right here. This one over here. You know, it's crazy when you were saying they bless it in the river. I know that Greenstone in New Zealand. New Zealand. They bless it in the ocean. Oh, what? You know who has one and always wears one? Who? Kalima. Yeah. Really? Young Kalima, yeah. That's why. I was gifted one on my mission once. Yeah. And then he threw it away. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) of course, dude. (laughs) No, I keep it in my little chest of. With, with your Book Treasures. of Mormon. So, yeah, you threw it away. <laughs> <laughs> but, I yeah. took be locked it up. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's Greenland for you, my guys. It was, uh, it was a cool little blog. 
Don't, Low key. don't look like a place that didn't get much traffic, but did now I uh, legitimately just open up a map, pick a country, and search country scary stories. That's how you do it. <laughs> that's how. That's my DJ's formula like. Right I now. have a great formula. I was like, tell me. He's like, no. And I was like, Dude, you're, you're gatekeeping, bro. <laughs> gatekeeping it's stories. Not that hard, dog. It's not that hard. <laughs> I just like sit there and then like I don't know something will come to me. Yeah, uh, but I, I'll search like just crazy like countries and. Uh, scary stories or paranormal and uh, just find like shitty websites and uh, <laughs> try to like uh, like do more research on things I find on those websites and totally. substantiate it but I've been fishing in icebergs lately oh I've been watching okay. so many icebergs <laughs> on on YouTube I have a lot of weird knowledge about paleontology right now and mm. Five Nights at Freddy lore and damn <laughs> just I like random that, ass that Wendigoon yeah yeah uh, <laughs> Uh, dope, dude. Is that is that you tonight? That's me, dog. That was fun, dude. I don't want to toot our own horns, but I really enjoyed our stories tonight. Yeah, cool. Like, well, I, like all of them. More headers, dude. Yeah, that was awesome. Well done, boys. I was legit thinking like it's gonna be hard to name this one, like Lil Cornstalk, Hey, <laughs> Fugue State, Greenland. It's gonna be rough, mm. but we'll figure it out. Yeah, guys, that was fun. Should we close up? Let's close up. Yeah. As always, time. thanks for coming. Thanks for being here. Uh, loved it. I loved what we covered. We went all over. Oh, yeah. We appreciate you. If you have stories, if you know someone who has stories, do the right thing and pressure them into sending them <laughs> in. Uh, send them into our website, the3ampodcast.com. Send them into our IG at the3ampod. Follow us on YouTube. Uh, give us a good review. If you want to leave us a bad review, don't. Um, <laughs> that F's us. And we don't appreciate it. Uh, anyway, thank you so much. And with that, bye. Love you. Be safe. Trust your gut. Watch your back. Be careful out there. Okay, bye. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3 a.m. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the3ampod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife Maggie and son Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence and give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.